Welcome back to the Emergency Goalies. A week that did not start out good, but finished very well for the Blackhawks. So uh, let's jump into a recap of the four games this week. And it started on last Thursday. A game that, as Michael was saying, was very important. We talked about this a lot the last uh, podcast, that this was a game against a team the Blackhawks were chasing in the standings and it was important they won against the Nashville Predators, but it did not go well. Uh, the game started immediately with Nashville just pretty much dominating the first period. They scored three goals, and the Blackhawks did not look good to start this game. I'll ask you, Michael, a little bit, but you had to be disappointed with how this uh, game started. Yeah, it's just one more instance of the Blackhawks coming into a game unprepared to match the opponent's intensity level and it it cost them early and they got behind three nothing in this game and it it caused them to you know have to make up a lot of ground and and i do give them credit you know they they battled the rest of the game i'm sure nashville took their foot off the 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 gas a little bit but this was a, this was a tough one, you know. The we, we had talked about it last week that the Hawks were in a stretch where they were facing, you know, three teams that they're in direct competition with, and this was the th- the third of those three games, and they had already dropped the first two, and they went on to to lose this one, and it really, you know, put a damper on the what has become a, a fairly extended run of, of decent play by the Blackhawks. I mean, it they had a real opportunity to, to make up some, some ground on these games, and this was just a yet another opportunity lost this season. It's it's happened so frequently, and this was, uh, you know, just yet another example. Yep, I'll finish up a little bit in this game. So the Blackhawks did, like you said, they battled back a little bit. Uh, Dominic Kubelik, who... We will mention further in this podcast, trust me. Uh, scored <laughs> yeah. a goal to cut in the second period to cut it to 3-1. to one. And Alex Dabrinkit had a nice power play goal early in the third. And, yeah, it was 3-2 for a big stretch of this, you know, the end of the third period. And the Blackhawks had some chances, but uh, they just couldn't do it. And they gave up two empty net goals, the second of which was scored by Pecorine. So, I mean, I, wasn't, <laughs> no, I don't think many Blackhawks fans are watching by this point, but this was a game where a goalie scored a goal, so that is always interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. You never like to see it happen against your team, but at the same time, it's it's a rare enough occurrence where it's still kind of cool to see. Yes. So now, you know, they've dropped this game, and you're not feeling good about the Blackhawks, but, you know, again, this team, every time you're ready to just throw the dirt on them... They won't die. They will not die. They won't die. So uh, the next game was Saturday night. A rare Saturday night home game, which I think they said there were only two of them this year. Yeah, they do not, the Blackhawks do not play at home on Saturdays very often, but they uh, welcome the Ducks, who are dead last in the Western Conference. But, you know, you got these that bad feeling again early on, because the Ducks scored the first goal. And you were thinking, well, can they not even beat the Ducks? Well, turns out they can beat the Ducks. Uh, Jonathan Tabe's got a nice a goal later in the period to tie the score. After beating the goalie earlier and 
a, a shot that went in completely through the crease and hit the post and out. But then he had a second chance to score, and he did not miss. And then we got to the Dominique Kubelik show. He uh, scored twice in the second period to give the Blackhawks a 3-1 to one lead. Uh, things got a little tense in the third period when uh, Ricard Raquel scored for the Ducks to cut the lead to 3-2. But Olimata scored about a minute after, and after that, the Blackhawks held pretty firm, and I would, as wins for the Blackhawks go, this was a pretty easy win for the Blackhawks, and they were able to bounce back from the uh, Nashville game. I don't know if you have any real thoughts on this one, just a solidly played game. Yeah, they, they took care of business against a team that they should beat. Uh, Anaheim is a slow bad team and it's the, the the type of team that the Hawks match up well against because it's it's not a team that can outskate them and when the opposition struggles to outskate the Blackhawks that you know the guys like Patrick Kane there's still enough high level talent on the Blackhawks to make the opposition pay and you know win the more even you know even skating matchups and this is just a, a case of that it was just a, a fairly well played game by the Blackhawks and you know not not I can't really complain too much about it they you know they they did uh have to uh contend with the the Ducks putting on you know a late surge in the third but they they, they came out ahead so yeah, and so then the Blackhawks went out on a road, their road trip to West, to Eastern Canada and began it on Tuesday against the Ottawa Senators. And this one had a lot of deja vu for, like, the Devils game and a couple of the other games against bad teams because the Senators jumped out to a 2 nothing lead in the first period, and the Blackhawks just did not look good in this period. Uh, it, you're getting that, like... I don't know, this is one of those games, again, where you're thinking, these are easy games, they should be able to pick them up, and, you know, that wasn't happening. But, Dominique Kubelik, that name we've been saying a lot lately, he uh, started the comeback, a shot, a nice shot from, I believe it was Kane that hit off his shin pads, it might have been Taves, I'm not sure. That is a theme we have in this, uh, this game, too, I should add, is that they put together this Kubelik... Kane Taves line and it looked very very good so I will add now that in the third period it was two to one Senators at that point and again Dominique Kubelik a very nice pass broke into the zone got right to the net a very very pretty looking goal through the goalie's legs and he tied the score 2-2 and you know you were thinking well at least they got it to overtime but It'd be nice to get that second point, and sure enough, Jonathan Taves just, I mean, he would not be denied on the goal he scored in overtime. He made a great move to get into the zone, circled completely around the net, lost the puck for a second, got it back, and just fired a perfect shot into the top corner, and the Blackhawks were able to pull out the 3-2 win and their second win in a row, and I mean... Taves was that was old school Taves on that goal. Yeah, vintage Taves on that. Uh, just 
wouldn't be denied, like you said, and you know, it was it was a bit of a flashback to the to the Predators game where Blackhawks just came out flat, weren't ready to play, and got behind early, but in this case they were playing an inferior opponent and they were able to scrape and claw and get their way back into it and you know by the end of the game they were thoroughly outplaying the senators which is a team that they should be able to beat this is you know the senators are one of the the poorer teams in the in the league and so it was nice to see them you know fight back and get two points out of it but at the same time it was a bit of a disappointment that they were it put in that place in the you know that they were in that situation to begin with because the they it's it's just a frustrating reoccurrence with this team where they just they come out and they're not prepared and it's really frustrating and i just i, I just it, 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 i don't really have anything else to add to that it, it, you just wish that they would be able to put together a, a, a full 60 minute effort on a more regular basis it's it's it can be tough to watch but hey you know they pulled it out in this one so yep and then the next night uh, they took the train which if you watch the blackhawks montreal game you heard a lot about the train but the blackhawks took the train from ottawa to montreal to play wednesday night in montreal and uh full i don't know if i've mentioned this on the podcast before but my brother, apparently for reasons I don't know, is a Montreal Canadiens fan, but he informed me in colorful language that Montreal is really bad and the Blackhawks should win. But I didn't know if I would believe him, but watching this game, boy, was he right about Montreal. Uh, but um, Yeah, the Canadians are just in a tailspin right now, and Blackhawks were just basically kicking them while they were down. Yes, and a very unlikely person to kick them when they are down. But the Blackhawks came out playing very well in the first period, and Zach Smith, that right, that's right, <laughs> Zach Smith scored two goals uh, in the first period. One of them was on a, a penalty kill, and the Montreal goalie, which was, was not Carey Price, uh, Lundgren, Lindgren, I think, um, he, mm-hmm. yeah, he's behind the net, fumbled the puck, kind of lost it, and it was a great pass from Kajula, that's right, it was Drake, great Kajula. Yeah. With a pass through the goalie's legs, and Zach Smith had about the easiest goal he'd ever have in his life with a yawning net, and he tapped it in to make it win nothing. And then he uh, tipped a shot from Slater Cuckoo, who, as we were talking about in the last podcast, did indeed slot in for Dennis Gilbert and played all the games in this uh, little stretch of games. So I guess the coaching staff made their choice on that one. Yeah, we had kind of gone over that... Uh... I don't know if it was last week or the week before where, you know, I made it clear that I I certainly believe that Slater Cuckoo is the superior defenseman to Dennis Gilbert at this point in their career. And at the time I was, you know, I was okay with them playing Gilbert ahead of him just because I was a little more on the uh, belief that, you know, the... (laughs) The playoff hopes were quickly dwindling, and you might as well look at the younger player. But you know, as the Blackhawks keep uh, keep the the glimmering hope alive, um, Cuckoo should continue to get these opportunities, and at least in 
you know, over this stretch of games since he's gotten back in there, he's proven to be a fairly solid sixth defenseman. So. Yep. So now, the second period got off to not a good start for the Blackhawks. Uh, former Blackhawk Phil- Philip Deneau uh, scored like within the first minute of the second period to cut the lead to two to one, and you thought get a little temporary worry because the Montreal kind of had a push to start the second period, but. Uh, the Blackhawks got a power play in the middle of the period after a very stupid go- uh, penalty by a Montreal player who attacked uh, Highmore, I believe it was. Kind of like gave him a cheap shot or whatever and got an extra penalty. And the Blackhawks actually made Montreal pay on the power play for it. And Alex Dabrinkit scored a goal to make it 3-1. to one. And then pretty much the whole third period of this game, the Blackhawks pretty much... They did whatever they wanted against the uh, Canadians. It was the, the if you're a Montreal fan, it was not what you want to see. And the crowd let the Montreal Canadiens know about it at the end. There was some hefty boos, but uh, Drake Kajula scored a goal in the third period on a very nice play. He stripped a stripped a Montreal defenseman and broke in for a breakaway goal. It, you know, it reminded me of a a player in a basketball you know basketball game stealing the ball and getting an imp- like a layup. It was that kind of energy on it, but uh, Kajula scored to make it 4-1, to one, and the Blackhawks would go on to win the game 4-1, to one, and they are now on a three-game winning streak. They're up to 50 points, only four points behind the second wild card, and I guess we just can't write them off yet. Yeah, they took care of business against the teams that they should beat, and they've managed to stay in stay into it Thanks to uh, you know their none of their competition for these wild card spots has has caught fire of late. Most of them do have a game or two in hand against the Blackhawks right now, so that that four point deficit is a little wider than it it it, it first appears. But hey, uh, you know they're they're doing it, and you know we know, we mentioned Slater Cuckoo coming into the lineup has helped stabilize the third pair the third pairing Drake Kajula's return has given them a bit of a boost he's you know another north south player that you know brings an element that they're lacking which is you know just a guy that'll grind shifts a little bit and uh, you know play a little bit physically and still have a little bit of skill to contribute i haven't liked them you know keeping him on the first line as much as they have uh, he's much better suited further down the lineup but he's playing well he's given them a bit of a boost and you know at least in this game Corey Crawford top of his game like he always is against Montreal you know this is eighth career game in Montreal and he's given up nine career goals in those games which is just astounding yeah what was the joke I he's, thought he's just on Twitter I think one of like Mark Lazarus was with and as you know, Corey Crawford is 100-0 with a 1.126 goals against average or whatever he was doing the 1,000 yeah, save just, percentage. He's just he's unbelievable when he gets to play in front of his hometown team and hometown fans. Just you know, great effort by him. Uh, just a, a a real solid all-around effort by the the Hawks in this game. It was nice to see Zach Smith get rewarded a little bit. You know, the first goal was a gift, but he worked hard, went to the front of the net on the second goal, 
which is something we don't see the Hawks do much at all. And so it was nice to see him get rewarded. He's one of the few guys that'll, that'll do that on occasion. And he, you know, he hasn't really, I think he could have had a, a few more goals this year um, with the level of play that he's brought. I, he's, you know, he's on the team just because they needed to dump uh, Anisimov's contract. He's obviously not a guy that they're going to build around, but he's been a part of the penalty kill unit that has been surging over the last month or two. Blackhawks are one of the top 10 teams in the league in the penalty kill this year, and they've been the best penalty kill unit in the entire NHL over the last month, which, you know, in comparison to last year is, you know, just an astounding turnaround when they were historically bad last year. Yeah, it, it, it does let ex- you know that the, the defense has at least gotten a little bit better. I mean, obviously, last year with the, the power play or penalty kill woes, the defense was just so bad. So you do feel, I mean, the evidence would have to be that the defense has gotten a little bit better for the penalty kill to be improved like this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that was, you know, the, the Blackhawks front office made a concerted effort to bring in guys to fix that. I mean, Olimata, Calvin DeHaan, Zach Smith, uh, Ryan Carpenter, all of these guys are players that were contributors to strong penalty-killing units throughout their careers, guys with a lot of experience in that arena, and, you know, it's paid off. Um, you know, they've they've added to the to the group that was already here. I mean, Duncan Keith, obviously, Jonathan Taves, David Camp, and Brandon Saad. You know, they, they, they had some decent internal options, but it, it's just really given them far more depth in that area. Uh, Matthew Highmore is a guy that's gotten a little bit of an opportunity of late as well. He's, he's a guy that he's kind of similar to David Camp where skates fairly well, responsible player. You, he's going to go to the right spot on the ice more often than not. He's going to give you a strong effort. It's just unfortunate that, you know, there's no offensive game whatsoever. Um, the plays just die on his stick, but he at least gives you a an honest defensive effort, which is something that, you know, the, the Blackhawks have struggled with their forward core throughout the last couple of years. So, yeah, I mean, at least that part of the Blackhawks game has been a, a bright spot. And, of course, I you know, we, we should also say that the goaltending, which is, you know, uh, generally considered the, the key to penalty killing a lot of the time, uh, is honest is obviously a vast improvement this year as well with Crawford being healthy for the full year and Robin Leonard obviously playing out of his mind in comparison to the relative junk that we were throwing out there last year. It's funny uh, that you should that, uh, so. it's funny you should mention playing out of their mind because uh, we kind of buried the lead. Uh, Dominique Kubalik is absolutely on fire. I mean. I haven't yes. seen, like, I mean, this is like, I'm thinking maybe Debrinka had stretches last year, but, I mean, I, I knew that they were, they were kind of high on him going into the season, but this is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, there, there was no question that Dominic Kubelik had an NHL caliber 
shot. And his release, uh, he, he gets the puck off fairly quick and he shoots with authority. Um, I, I don't think anybody doubted that he'd be able to score when he had, you know, some time to get off shots and that sort of thing. But, you know, the, the question was how good was his skating? How, how willing would he, be, would he be to go to the front of the net you know, what, how, was he going to be able to contribute defensively, that sort of thing? And, you know, just where would he stack up in a lineup? And, you know, he's been up and down a little bit this year. He got off to a great start. Then he kind of faded a little bit. And I think he was kind of feeling his way through. Um, there were stretches where he wasn't going to the front of the net. I think he was kind of relying on his shot a little bit too much. And then it started getting blocked as, as teams started to learn uh, his game a little bit. But as of late, you're seeing him being a, being much more assertive. He's not only scoring off of the rush, but he's getting some dirty goals. He's, he's showing more grit and determination, getting more of the, you know, the goals inside of 5, 10 feet from the net. And that's the only way that you can sustain scoring in the NHL. You're never going to... You know, outside of Alex Ovechkin, um, you're never going to be able to just rely on slap shots and one-timers and wristers from 40 feet out. You you, you need to get, to score dirty goals to, um, you know, to score goals consistently in the NHL, and he's starting to do that. Obviously, he's not going to sustain this pace. I mean, he scored in five straight, and I think it was seven goals total in those five games, and I think over his last... I think it was nine games. He's got like 11 goals or something, or no, eight goals over nine games or something, something like that. You know, obviously just a a great stretch. It's not going to continue at that pace, but you know, he's up to 18 goals. And even with in the Montreal game where his streak got snapped, he had multiple good opportunities. Uh, There was, he got robbed on one, one in particular, I thought, but he's generating shots. He's finding some chemistry with, Jonathan Taves. Well, I was going to ask when, you about that. Um, I didn't realize how the speed. He's got more speed than I, I thought he would have. He's getting some of these like, where he's breaking that goal against Ottawa, the second goal. He showed a lot of speed on that goal, and I'm kind of surprised by that. Yeah. Um, I think his straight line speed is definitely above average. Uh, he he's he doesn't. He's more of a north south guy. He's not going to beach him much with lateral quickness but I think he's starting to learn when when to utilize this speed a little more and how how best to do it and take more direct routes to you know the the prime scoring areas and getting to play with more gifted players like uh, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane and Brandon Saad when he was you know before he was um Injured, he was getting to play a lot with Saad and Taves. Uh, has definitely helped him. I mean, uh, the first, what was it, like 30 games of the season, Kubalik was basically stapled to David Camp's left wing. And that's not, you know, that's that, that's not something that's going to help you generate a lot of offenses is consistently playing with David Camp. That's, that's not what Camp does. Um, but since he's kind of 
been given an opportunity in a, in, in the top six. He's 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 come through for the Hawks, and it's nice to see him. You know, he's uh, he's not going to win a Calder. He's not going to win the Calder, but he's going to at least be in the discussion. Probably make the All Rookie Team. Uh, uh, you know, assuming he doesn't just go into a total slump uh, over the final stretch here. But yeah, I mean, it, it, he's going to probably end up with 25 goals somewhere around there. Um, maybe even a little more if he can, you know, get another hot streak here before the end of the season. You know, it certainly would help if he continues to play with uh, somebody like Patrick Kane and if Jonathan Tave stays at the point-per-game pace that he's played over the last couple of months. Well, that's what I was going to ask, too, is that I'm, is it just me or that line with uh, Kubli, Kane, and Taves? It looked very good. I mean, now it's going against probably not good competition, but that line looked very good. Right. Yeah, I mean, I definitely would like to see Colleton stick with it for a, a whole game to to kind of see where it's at. I, if I remember correctly, it's something that they tried a couple of weeks ago. I think when Kubelik first was put up into the top six, when he was first put on Taves's line, I think Kane was playing on the right wing at the time, and it didn't work at that point. They were struggling. Um, but they bumped Kane down, you know, back to, you know, trying to generate offense on his own, basically. And they they elevated uh, Brandon Saad back up. And Kubelik and Saad, who had been playing with David Camp early in the season and, and playing pretty well, um, kind of rediscovered some, some chemistry with Taves. But, yeah, I mean, we've seen Colleton kind of fall back on that line with Kane uh, whenever they've needed a goal or when they're coming out of a commercial break, that sort of thing, where you can kind of give Kane a double shift opportunity, that sort of thing. And it, it's worked of late. And, you know, maybe it is just because the competition that they've been facing has been pretty poor. But it, it, it's something where I would like to see them give it a try here, especially if heading into the weekend we've gotten some positive news that it's it's possible that both Brandon Saad and Dylan Strom if they're not back Saturday it's possible that they'll they could they could play Sunday so that'll help extend the lineup a little bit give them a true top six again as opposed to you know basically four guys <laughs> carrying the load and so yeah I mean I would I would if all those guys are healthy, I would uh, certainly consider keeping that threesome together and then putting one of Saad or Strom on the right wing with Debrinket and Doc, and then whoever the, the you know the seventh guy is out of that group that that doesn't you know play in that top six, uh, have them. Uh, put on a line with Kajula and maybe Nylander as a third line and see, you know, see, see what the Hawks can make of it and, and just kind of load up the top six for the first time in a, in a little while. It's not something that the, the Hawks have done and just see if they can ride it here because they're, they're going to, they're going to need some more consistent 
production from their top six as they start facing some better competition here. Yeah. And they've got a they've got a tough stretch coming up here prior to the All Star break. Well, and, since you're kind of already leading us that direction, I'll I guess we'll go to our little preview of the uh, games that week ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, we got back-to-backs on uh, this weekend. They will remain on the road for one more game in uh, Canada, facing off against the Maple Leafs in Toronto. It'll be a 6 o'clock start on Saturday. Uh, Toronto, obviously a highly skilled team, sometimes suspect defensively, but they're playing pretty well right now. Their top guns are all producing dangerous teams so that you know the 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 recently stabilized defensive pairings are going to need to be at the top of their game to you know withstand the 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 maple leafs offensive onslaught i will i will add too that um their two top defensemen muzzin and morgan riley are both out for a while so their defense which already wasn't strong but they're going run i heard that at least based on the what I was hearing the other day, uh, the Blackhawks announcers were talking. They're going full like run and gun right now. The Maple Leafs are just and they've got the horses to do it. Yes, they've got the horses to do it. You know they're, I, they're probably playing a very similar style to what the Blackhawks were doing last year, at um, at this point in time where they were just trying to outscore folks. Uh, if you remember last year, the the game against Toronto. Uh, where the Hawks got up early and then Toronto just came storming back and scored a bunch of goals. That was one of the more entertaining regular season games in the NHL last year. And so, you know, hey, maybe we'll get another taste of that this year, although I'd like to believe that the the Hawks are going to tighten up defensively a little bit. Uh, But if we do get into a run-and-gun situation, boy, it would be nice if we got Sod and... and, uh, or at least one of Saad and Strom back, if not both. Um, if they're not back for that game, it is possible that on Sunday with the Blackhawks returning home, they're taking on the Winnipeg Jets, which is a bigger game in the, the grand scheme of things given the playoff push here. Winnipeg is one of the teams that they are battling for that uh, final wild card spot. Uh, another team with a lot of skill up front. Uh, their defense has played better than expected. I mean, they lost most of their defensive core from last year, but they've kind of patched things together, and it's it's kind of worked out. But they're still they're still vulnerable at times, and you know they're not as strong of a team as they were last year. So, after dropping games to Vancouver, Calgary, Nashville over the last couple of weeks. Blackhawks got to win one of these games against these teams that they're competing with. I, I will add, though, that they did win the last game against Winnipeg. So they can beat Winnipeg. They did, yes. And, you know, I, I, I mention it every time we, we play one of these games against these Western Conference opponents. It really helps if you win in regulation. Don't, don't give them a loser point. So... I would have really, really loved to see the Blackhawks come out firing in the first period. Don't have one of these games where they feel them out for, you know, 20 or 30 minutes before you decide to 
to, to crank up the intensity level. Come out and just, you know, it's going to be tough in the second half of a back-to-back, you know, with a travel in between. So it's it's not a an easy task, uh, not, a, not a great situation, but Hawks have played pretty well in the second half of back-to-backs this year, and hopefully that trend can continue. So then after the Jets are in town, uh, our old buddy Joel Quenville mm-hmm. returning to the United Center Tuesday night with the Florida Panthers. It'll be a 7.30 start. It'll be the Blackhawks' final game before the All-Star break. Get a nice little, uh, boy, it's like a 10-day 10, 10 break or something, something like that, something close to that. Mm-hmm. Nice little extended, extended break here. And... You know, just, uh, it's, it's a big, it, it, I, I shouldn't say it's a big game because of, you know, it's, it's, again, it's an Eastern Conference opponent where, you know, if you're going to drop a game, those are the games you want to drop. But the last time the Blackhawks were going into, you know, a, a, a break away from action during, uh, the holiday break in in december with uh christmas and boxing day and that uh they played one of their worst games of the year in the final game against the new jersey devils and you can't afford another let up like that you ha- you have to stay with your foot on the gas all the way through through to the end here and you know hopefully with quenville being there it'll kind of energize the team and keep them from you know, maybe sleeping on that game. And so, yeah, that should be a lot of fun. I'm sure the crowd will give Quenville a hearty ovation. And it, it, very similar team with Toronto and Winnipeg, lots of talent up front for Florida. Jonathan Huberdeau is having a phenomenal season. Um, Just uh, they got a lot of skill up in their top six. Uh, sometimes questionable defense, but you know with Quenville they're going to be fairly well structured, and um, there's not going to be a lot of easy goals. I, 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 I haven't looked, but I'm curious to see what the 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 Florida uh, special team situation mm-hmm. is. Um, you know, that's obvious. There's a bad, long been a, bad power a, a play of Blackhawks fans uh, uh, while Quenville was the boss here. Um, but, uh, so yeah, maybe, uh, be nice to see the Blackhawks, uh, win, win a special teams battle and, and come away with two points prior to the all-star break. Yeah. And so I should add that. That's uh, what I'm looking for. Yeah. I should add the Panthers have kind of faded a little bit. They're out of the playoffs at the moment. So they've kind of lost some of their forward momentum too. So still dangerous. Yes. I, I guess that's all we really got for this week. It, the Blackhawks stay alive again, you know. They lost that game to Nashville. Didn't look very inspired, but they did. Yeah. They did what they had to do. They won those, got those six points the next three games. So, if they keep winning, they'll still be in it. I mean, basically, I mean, you care about the teams you're chasing, but we're still early enough in the year. You just gotta win to stay in there. Right. Got it. Got to rack up points. I mean, they're seven and three in their last ten games, and they pretty much got to stay on that pace throughout the rest of the year. Yep. Pretty much. Um, they. That's the only way that they're going to get to that kind of... You probably need to get, I don't know, 92, 93 at minimum, probably more like 95 points. 
um, to to end the season. And right now they're not quite at that pace, so you got to make up the ground. Yep. The one nice thing is their strength of schedule in the second half of the season is easier than it was in the first half. So you – you, you do have that advantage going in as the Blackhawks, but you kind of have on the flip side, they're also playing a lot, a, a few more road games than home games um, after, you know, we had that, what was that, like that six or seven game home stand at the beginning of the season. So you're kind of making up some of the road games. Although with half as well. So. With this team, that might not be a bad thing. It might be a, they seem <laughs> it be might be a good road. thing. Yeah. 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 At least the special teams have been better on the road. So. Um, we'll see, but uh, I mean that kind of goes back to if you want to stay in this race, they got to improve their home record. I mean, yeah. you, you have to win more games at home. So hopefully, you know, with these next, you know, once they get back at home, beat the Jets, you know, beat one of those teams that they're in competition with, and then beat Quenville and go into the the All Star break on a high note. Hopefully, yep. You got you got thir- about thirty games left to get forty five points. So. You're going to have to up your game a little bit. Yep. All right. Well, as always, um, you can get our podcast on the Apple podcast app. And like I always say, if anyone wants to get it anywhere else, you can always let us know. And uh, it's always good to get uh, people saying, we've got a couple people saying stuff to us lately after episodes. So that's always uh, nice to get mm-hmm. feedback from everyone. And I'm on Twitter at STH85. Michael. MJ underscore Ernst. And as always, uh, go Blackhawks.